0: You are listening to the anchor podcast version of the Open Line Radio Show. This show is edited. The Open Line Radio Show is supported in part by Finder's Keepers. Finder's Keepers is located at 1006 Surrey Street, Lafayette, Louisiana 70501, in the Southern Development Office Complex. Open weekdays, the number for more information is 337 781 1110. That's Finder's Keepers.
1: Superstation presents the community's number 1 radio talk show, The Open Line, if you have an open mind.
2: Greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to The Open Line. I'm Brother J i'll be here with my co-host sister khadijah stay tuned and relax for the open line on k-i-e-e 88.3 your super station welcome to the open line on k-i-e-e 88.3 your super station the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts guests and callers and are not necessarily those of k-i-e-e 88.3 staff all management. Thanks for listening.
3: That's all I got is hold oh. on. Oh. Oh. Trouble won't
4: last long. No the
3: enemy won't come in your life. But listen that wasn't in a time yeah. where
5: God, yeah. God yeah. is
3: getting ready to change your oh. situation. God, oh. is your oh. God, oh. God, God is changing your oh. circumstance. Trouble oh. is moving on behalf of the believer. The trouble is no agent. Woke up this morning. Put a lot on my mind. Looked up in the sky and seen the sun shine. That's when I realized God was telling me everything was gonna be be alright. Just gotta have faith in him and know that he will handle it. So much trouble in the world today just don't know how to handle it feeling so much hurt and pain oh god we need you now
4: Now, I don't know how long the day or night will be, but I'm so glad I got God's grace following me. You see, it's sufficient. Mm. God's grace is sufficient. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But know that every word of doubt it leads a pathway for that old enemy so keep pushing pushing in faith trusting in God because I want to let you know that trouble won't last always trouble won't last no it can't In all things, because you see, in all things, good comes and the bad, but know that trouble won't last always. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no You know why, y'all? Let me tell you, mm-hmm. trouble not last always. Amazing.
6: Yes, Hotel uh, Baraghani, Barigani, salamu Lincoln, good morning. Troubled on last, always, Sister Dini, and who's the other uh, sister? Victoria Jones. Sister Dini and Victoria. All right, they sounded really good. Well, it's another open line. We're going to have another powerful show, as always, as a matter of fact. We have uh, the one and only Judge Landry is on, and uh, we have uh, myself, Brother G, and uh, Brother. bo I mean, Mister Kevin just walked in. So let's just go ahead right now to the open line. Remember, uh, this is the Super Station. Uh, K-I-E-E at 8.3 FM. K-O-C-Z 94.9 FM. you can reach us at 337-534-0036 or 337 534 42 Now, we're gonna go ahead directly uh, to Judge Landry and I'm and I'm trying to find out. The first thing I gotta ask Judge Landry, how do we address you? Uh what's what's the what's the proper uh term to address you because to me once a judge always a judge good morning you're right about
7: that my sister uh good morning thank you for having me on you're right about that once once a judge always a judge but call me a child of the king call me lori when you see me exercising in the park (laughs) um call me what it is you feel comfortable with titles hey we earn them we can use them but it's really about doing the work just don't call me late for dinner Judge Landry is always, a re- um, I like to say now, I'm Judge Lori Landry, retired and running for DA.
6: Yes, ma'am. So, uh, Judge Landry, your, your platform. Yes, ma'am. just
7: let Let's just dive into uh, your your platform. Okay. Okay. Well, the platform is really built around integrity, unity, and transparency. That's the platform to return to the district attorney's office or bring to the district attorney's office, depending on your perspective. Integrity, a uh, unified community, and transparency with the way that the district attorney's office does business. The district attorney is the most powerful law enforcement agent in any judicial system. It's not the sheriff. It's not um, other elected officials. It is the district attorney because they make the decisions once an arrest has been made. Whether that case goes to court, what it goes to court on how it's resolved, they are instrumental um, in leading the way on that by operation of law. So that is the platform. Uh, The platform is coming uh, simply because we have an issue, and we have seen the issue um, get worse and worse in our judicial district like several other judicial districts. So the platform is to bring integrity, unity, and transparency to the district attorney's office.
6: That 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 being said, that's about all that we really need, uh, and <laughs> and everything. Now the uh, the the voters, we've been pushing out about making sure that voters uh, are registered to vote. We prefer that they try to do early voting, and. Um, It's only 19 questions that's on uh, a voter registration application, only 19 questions and 19 questions that they would know that they would know of. So do you prefer early voting or you want to actually tell the constituents to to vote the day of?
7: Well, I think it's important um, always. In the beginning, I was one of those voters on the day of the election. But I have come to understand voter suppression a lot better. And so, early voting, which starts October twentieth, which is a Tuesday, from eight thirty to six on the Tuesday, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They skip the Monday of October twenty, the Sunday of October twenty-fifth, and on Monday and Tuesday. So we have seven days to early vote at your um, designated place. I prefer to early vote because, mm-hmm. as we see, so many things are being placed in the path of brown and black people and poor people to get to the polls, don't wait. Be prepared to wait in line. Um, if you're elderly and uh, you are afraid of the COVID-19, then you could request that application, your voter registration or your vote ballot being sent to your house. And then you could fill it out and either return it to the registrar of voters or have someone else in your family return it for you. So have a plan to vote. And I think the first plan should be the safest plan, vote early. If you're elderly, if you're aged, if you have any pre-existing medical problems which exposes you to COVID-19, request either online or on the phone uh, to the registrar of voters a ballot being mailed to you so that you could vote in the comfort of your own home. But on November the um the third, if you haven't voted, go to the polls, um. But be ready to yes. stand in line.
6: Yes, yes, yes.
7: Uh, and
6: it's an open line. Uh, the telephone number to call in is three three seven five three four zero zero three six. You could call in, and also, so we have Brother James, Mr. Kevin, uh, Mr. Kevin, you have a, a yes. Question? Good morning,
8: Miss Landry. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm blessed. How about you? Uh, always blessed. Look, uh, you mentioned integrity. Are you mm-hmm. going to get in this position and do what you have to do for justice for all and for anybody misusing power, no matter it be the people under you, the people around you, and all of this that's going on in Iberia, Paris, St. Mary, and St. Martin?
7: Uh, that's a good question. And I think because you know me, you already know the answer to that. Absolutely. Um, on the bench, I required everyone to do their part. There are no golden calves in justice and equality for all. Since 2001, when you first elected me and reelected me in 08 and 14, I have been talking about justice and equality for all. This is not new to my platform. Absolutely. And that i said once before on the show, that I'm going to retrain. I'm going to make sure that prosecutors are properly trained um, in implicit in and explicit biases and trauma and all of those things in the law, they will be properly supervised. However, if they have integrity issues, they won't work for me. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. They are no protected persons, but we will take those cases and if we could prove them beyond a reasonable doubt, they will be in front of me. I prosecuted or bought uh, police officers way back before I went to the bench to the grand jury for improper behavior. That was the old New Iberian Police Department. I'm no stranger to holding everybody accountable because I hold myself accountable. And this community holds me accountable. So there will be no sacred cows. We will do it decently and in order based on what the
8: evidence says. And another question, will you hire black folks or Latinos to represent the DA office for the people? You know, we, we've been having a lot of that going on. They might hire one or two blacks who really don't represent the blacks and really don't have no power, but we, we need a different culture of people to represent different culture of people depending on where they stay. I remember you mentioned a while back in your courtroom that these kids are carrying guns around because they need protection themselves other than the police. Okay. Well, I
7: think that's a good question as well. I don't remember the, quite, the, the statement that way, but I think that the concept is uh, we have a problem with guns on the street. We have had a problem in Iberia Parish, just like the rest of the world, with holding law enforcement agents accountable. We definitely will do that. And your question about inclusion and diversity, that's one of the things you have to start out doing. I can tell you that I have an inclusion and diversity plan that's intentional. Uh, This, too, is not new to me. When I came to the bench, there were very few opportunities for African-American law students to come out and clerk. Judge Landry changed law clerks every year to give African-Americans an opportunity to serve. I did hire um, one person who was not an African-American because she happened to be the the best applicant on that day. But I was very intentional about inclusion. I um, not only hired African-Americans, I interviewed everybody. But there were six or seven other judges that routinely had people that looked like them. Uh, and so I retu- routinely had people that looked like me. Inclusion. Is a part of everything I do because I've been on the outside. And when I am afforded an opportunity at the table, I talk about diversity and inclusion, but it has to be intentional. At least we wind up with what we get. We wind up hiring people that look like us because that's who we're comfortable with. Yes. So, yes, I can tell you that those jobs will be opened up to the
9: public.
6: Yes. We have a call on the line, Judge Landry.
9: Yes. Caller. Good morning, Judge Ranger. How you doing? You. I'm good, thank you. I wanted to let you know that we're here to stand behind you as the soon-to-be new DA in New Iberia, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We're here to support you. We're here to walk behind you because we deserve fair. We deserve a new DA that's willing to do what's right for the community. We well, thank turn you so much, man. And I know in my heart, you're the one.
7: Thank you so I just much. Want to let you know take... We
9: will stand behind
7: you. Oh. Well, thank you. I, I, I like to tell people I appreciate your sentiments and I appreciate the community being reinvigorated because we see someone who uh, we know, we could see, feel, and touch, even if we don't agree on every issue, someone who's been a part of that community. It is just me that God is using to lead, but this is really about everybody who stands for righteousness. And it will take everybody for us to accomplish this. So each one of you make sure you're responsible for five people who you know are registered to vote, Five. get them voted early, and make them responsible for five more people. That's what we could do. And of course, prayer first. But I thank you for your support, and I thank you for the way that our community is showing support. I appreciate that dearly. Thank, thank you, thank so, you, thank
6: you so much, Carla. Now, Judge Landry, uh, going just going back, uh, the Honorable uh, Judge Carl Williams, uh, that's the seat you had replaced. But I, um, I noticed that when we would go into the courthouse, that there was not no picture of. Uh, the Honorable uh, Judge Carl Williams. And I went before the parish council over and over again and everything, asking for a picture. And then when they finally put the picture, it didn't have no name. Then when they finally uh, was supposed to put the name, renovation came up. And I was up there last week and I noticed that there aren't no pictures uh, anywhere right there in the courthouse. And, And I, I feel that it's important that we could see our own representing our own. And um, mm. I just wanted to know your, your opinion on that.
7: I think it's important that we are allowed to remember, and pictorially it has been done in all courthouses all over the world. Now, the judges nor the district attorney owns that, biz- that building. That building belongs to the parish government. And uh, they are responsible Mm -hmm. for that. But you're right. For years and years and years, those pictures of um, those older white gentlemen were up there. Uh, I do think that there is a picture of Judge Williams and the other deceased judges inside the chambers um, of the judges. That, I think, was the compromise that the parish government came up with. But I agree. I think it should be there should be a pictorial representation. In St. Martin, there's one outside of uh, one of the new courthouse doors. They uh, dedicated that room to him. But I think most importantly, while I agree that there should be a pictorial remembrance, you have to remember who owns the building. And that's it. they're entitled to do what it is they feel is the most appropriate. I think the memory of Carl lives on. And we definitely have to keep speaking his name and standing for righteousness. Uh, keep them alive in our hearts. But I don't disagree with you about the picture, but it's within the, the control of the parish president and the parish government.
8: So that question you asked Ms. Landry, that was towards Larry Richard, the parish president. And uh, Ms., Ms. Landry, not being biased or nothing, but uh, you did work with some of these characters you're running against. Uh, I don't know if you remember back in 2002 when Bo Dewey gave a young man uh, 18 years for stealing a gumbo pot, and that was his fame to claim that, that, that gave him the spot to take Mr. Handy's place. You know, and, and I know you can't really say nothing about it, but, I mean, we cannot forget our past if we're trying to get to our future. D- this is what they've been doing to our blacks, incarcerate them more than murderers. A gumbo pot. The man was mental. You know, the young man named Mr. Fletcher, they call him Bouquet. He just got out a year ago. 18 years. And, 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 you know, Saint Mary, Saint Martin, Iberia. We have let these people kill our towns, and and white folks. You know, y'all, y'all next because they are the black folks to to put in jail, and and this is what happened. It's about poor people, uneducated. I agree with you, Mr. Kevin, on um, the
7: people who are disenfranchised. The commonality is poverty, of course. Uh, it, it, it reflects itself in, in, in black and brown people as well, as poor white people, or people who can't afford their own legal representation. I think what it's important to remember, even though I don't recall, I cannot specifically speak to one case, what's important to remember is that there hasn't been an election of the most important person in the criminal justice system since Bill Haney was elected in 2000—I think it was 2000— Before that, there had not been an election for close to 30 years, if not more. I'm pretty certain more, but I cannot speak to it with certainty. Mr. Bernie Boudreaux was elected in 1981. And then again, we had an election in 2000. Before 81, I don't know when there was an election last. What's important is that this power has been transferred out the people speaking to the issue oh yes i worked in that district attorney's office for eight and a half years i have to say that i had some good mentors in that district attorney's office mr Budley was a good mentor to me he taught me righteousness he taught me to do the right thing um uh, he taught me how to screen the case he made me responsible He made me understand what I already knew, that we had a responsibility to the community. And the only way we could do that is to be in the community. Well, I was in there when I got there, and I stayed in the community. I worked with people, but I can tell you, I assumed everybody was doing their job the way I was doing mine. I found out later from a different perspective that leadership was gone, and it does matter. Um, that everybody was not doing their job the same way I was doing it. But leadership matters. They have a lot of good young assistants um, that just came in doing what they were allowed to do without proper training. And we're going to address that as well. But I think what's important is that the people realize that we cannot just allow this power to be transferred, but we have to be able to put up a viable candidate. A candidate who has our best interest
6: at heart. Okay, okay, caller, uh, Judge Landry. Caller. Uh, yes,
7: yeah, yes,
9: ma'am.
6: Yeah, you got. You you need to I lower your radio. I
9: lowered my radio. That's Judge. That's former Judge Landry, but she's still our Judge Landry. Judge Landry, I hope you can hear me. Judge Landry, I my know. name is Coach Mitchell. Judge Landry, I'm gonna make this short, and I'm talking to you. I hope we don't get interrupted. Judge Landry, I'm glad that you are able to say the things that you are you're saying right now that I just heard. One thing about ignorance is, right now, ignorance is a bad thing for African Americans to have in the country. Because the bottom line is, we are dealing with a, a system and people that really don't give a darn. I can say damn, but I'm on the radio. They don't give a darn about how do we feel. What do we say? Their job is crushing. And what our job is, is to get people in office so that when we go visit those offices, we're going to visit somebody that we put in there and we know that they're going to have a dialogue with us that's going to make sense to us because we put them there and they there to take care of our business. We are going to visit people that we never put in office. Coach. They don't listen to us. They don't look like us care about us and if by now Michael Jackson, song they don't really give a darn about us if nobody has remembered that Stone, something is wrong with all of us. Judge Landry I hope that they go register to vote so that we can get enough voters to vote yes. you
6: in Our major problem in the African American community Coach, is we talk too much and we don't go get registered to vote. Yes hey, ma'am bye-bye.
7: Okay uh Judge Landry did you hear Thank what you. uh coach has I said? Did. Yes, I did. And I want to thank um, the caller uh, for the sentiments. I appreciate the support. I want to remind us all that our vote is our voice. And there are several people that have some concerns about what Mr. Kevin broke up. You brought up. You work with some of these people. Let's start with the fact that the district attorney is responsible for keeping the community safe, the whole community. Let's start with the fact that the people who are violent criminals, and you can prove that, and the police officers investigate that, and the DA does their investigation, and that could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt with credible evidence, not just because some police officer said it, but credible evidence, those people are gonna be separated from our community. We all agree with that. Nobody wants to live with violent criminals on our streets. And so the safety issue is paramount. Right after that, I hear and understand people who have never had anyone to listen to them. They feel voiceless. They feel unheard. They feel desperate. And so you see all of the things that happen in our communities. When we don't educate our young people, when we don't push them to finish their education process, we don't prepare them for the workforce, then they don't go into the workforce. And if they're not in the workforce, force their idle minds. And you know what our people say and the Bible say about idle minds. I hear the the citizens, black and white, rich and poor, middle class, or however you see yourself, if you stand for equality and justice for everyone and stand for someone who has the courage to deal with the problems that we have and go forward as a unified community, I'm your person. And I know from the very beginning, one of the things that I have said, and I will continue to say, I promise that very early on, uh, a Lori Landry-led district attorney's office will have town hall meetings open to everyone so that we as the district attorney can just sit and listen. Listen and hear the cries of whether it be parents, defendants, victims, whomever to hear what it is people need to say so that we can go forward and do a better job for the community. So I thank you for your support, knowing that we're going to do what's right and not just what's expedient or what's always been done. And so thank you, caller.
8: And you, you, uh, this is Mr. Kevin again. You mentioned reason of doubt. You know, th- this mm-hmm. reason of doubt has incriminated this country and have put so many people in jail. You know, you mentioned that first DA, Bernie Boudreaux, who gave two innocent men almost life for 30 years and refused after finding out the evidence that they was innocent, refused to let them out. These guys are, are on parole for the rest of their life. You know, they, they spent mm-hmm. 30 years in, in jail. Prison right. for, for mm-hmm. somebody else's reason of doubt. And, and, you know, you mentioned that a lot. And like I said, you, you was a DA, you was all right. You became a judge, you was good. Because I understood that, that a DA, you had to follow the head DA's orders. And, and you represented your case as best as you could. You know, and a lot of black folks right now have, have a lot of problem with you because you gave some of their kids time that they thought they didn't need, which I look at the bigger picture is they needed this time. The time that you gave them, somebody white would have gave them life. And, and this is what I respect about you, and this is why I support you. But uh, the thing that we have having today with, with that reason of doubt is that have incriminated so many people that it doesn't make sense and, and, and I'm wondering if you, you know, you, you've always been straight up. When you become the DA, will you have the authority to do what you know is right, no matter what reason of doubt that comes from someone else?
7: Absolutely. I am an independent. The district attorney has absolute authority to decide right. what he or she decides, uh, determines is best for his or her office according to the law. The now, the what I will tell you, beyond a reasonable doubt, is the standard. And that's a high burden. The first thing, Mr. Kevin, you bring up is we are going to also have an integrity unit to look back on all those convictions, particularly one where those officers who have pled guilty, who have been indicted, who have been implicated in wrongdoing, we're going to look at those convictions for integrity. Okay. And so that's one of the first things that we're going to have to do. And then we're going to make sure that if someone is convicted under a Lori Landry led DA's office and assistance I hire and trust to do the right thing and supervise. Once that conviction is, is handed down by the jury, the victims will be able to rest that night, knowing or believing that the right person is in jail. Now that family, and I know who you're talking about, Mr. Um, Mr. Goat uh What's his name? Mr. Alexander and Mr. um, Oh, I'm looking at them. They were released by the centurion. And Granger. Mr. Gladue and Granger. Those people, the family of Mr. Gladue, they still, well, they don't now who killed them because those persons have been it for years. That shouldn't happen anywhere. And we're going to have the integrity, first of all, to look at our, consider our past actions. When we come back, when cases come back for post-conviction release, that's another opportunity for the prosecutors to look at the case with an eye towards, um, I'm looking for errors. Did I make any errors that impacted the credibility or that may impact this conviction? So we can do it from the beginning, looking at it with a fair eye, taking out biases that we all have. Monitoring and maintaining our own biases so that we don't overreach or underreach because who's in front of us. So, all of those things come into play. They're not getting that kind of training. Those big um, offices that are doing big things, what they call progressive, but I just call fair and equitable, they're taking into consideration those kinds of trainings that will just yield measurable benefits. Period. Okay, it happened. Judge, Judge Landry, the line is full. We're
6: gonna go directly okay. to the callers. Callers, you have a question or a comment, and just keep it brief. And we'll just we have three calls on right now, uh, and okay. Judge Landry will just answer when she, when y'all all finished. Caller, okay. Caller, question or comment.
9: Caller, question or comment. A comment. You all. Uh, Judge Judge Landry. I want I'm you to explain to us why is a grand jury necessary? Do you trust a grand jury? Why did they take Ackles way out of town to Shreveport, and they used the grand jury? If I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, and we don't know what really happened with that, but can we trust grand jury? Who are these people? How are they chosen? Explain that to us. Thank you.
7: Okay. Great. All right. Thank. You. That's a very that's a good question. Let me get to here. A grand jury is required by law to bring certain cases. A capital case, a first degree murder case, must by law go to grand jury. Those cases that require a life sentence, second degree murder, must by grand jury go to. Uh, must by law go to the grand jury. The grand jurors are elected just like jurors are elected. They are elected randomly, um, just like you get the list for jury uh, duty. So that's why Judge Landry did not let our people off the jury. When y'all would come and come up with all kinds of reasons where we didn't want to serve, if you were qualified, I required you to serve. When judges just excuse y'all off the grand jury, they wasn't doing us any favors because if you're absent, we can't participate in the process. As a prosecutor, I use the grand jury a lot, but I used it correctly. The law doesn't require the rules of evidence be used in the grand jury. I use the rules of evidence in the grand jury. If I couldn't present it to a jury um, for a verdict, I didn't present it to that grand jury. The district attorney is the legal advisor to the grand jury. How they handle a grand jury, however, can be very productive. It could help them see what the problems are with the case, or it could help them judge credibility of some of the witnesses who they may have to depend on. So it is not a bad process, it's how it's used. How we become a part of the process is making sure that when your name comes up for jury duty, you are willing to participate. The, the particulars of the um, uh, Apple situation, I can't speak to because I, I wasn't a part of that. It's called a removal, a transfer, because they allege they couldn't get a fair trial in this area because everybody know about it. That's all I can tell you generally about having the case removed from one parish or from one jurisdiction to another. But I can't speak to the specifics um, because I don't know anything about the specifics, but a grand jury can be a good thing. Yes, It can leave some bad cases on the desk. It could help us develop more evidence to make stronger cases. Uh, if used correctly, it's a good process, but we have to be there.
6: Yes. And uh, I know we, we are, we are running out of time. Uh, we have a, one more question, and I and uh, we have we each have one more question, Judge Landry. I just wanted to say that uh, I've been voting since 16, uh, 45 <laughs> years now. Uh, I'm sixty-one, and I they will never they have never called me for jury <laughs> duty, and I want to serve.
7: Knock on wood, it's gonna start coming up every time. And let me just tell you something about jury duty. When it comes up, it's not convenient. It's never convenient.
6: I want to
7: say necessary. It's Freedom necessary. is not free. We have to be a part of the pro- the process. And so those of you who think that, well, you know, I was always independent, but if you think because I was at the table speaking a, a different voice, using my adversity and my experiences that excludes me from being your choice, well then keep what you have and vote for Mr. Dewey. Oh. That's all. That's the choices we had.
6: Yep. No, you know, So I'll
7: take another question if there's one more on the phone.
8: Yes, uh, Mr. Kevin again, Ms. Landry. Look, a lot of people don't, didn't understand about your case and why these DAs bought all these fake charges against what you was doing, which was right. And, you know, we, they, they, uh, to me it was a plea bargain at the end, but could you explain what actually happened at the end when they decided not to do no more than all that there was 300 cases? That they could yeah. find oh, no, one. No, it
7: wasn't a plea bargain, Mr. Kevin. It was a loss for them.
8: Yeah, yeah, they and I called it.
7: <laughs> all yeah. Of yeah, okay. They dismissed all of those cases that they had bought, and for those uh, ninety days, had insisted that I was in. Could not be fair to the District Attorney's office. Equality and justice should not be in conflict with equality and justice. The questions I was asking, not only did I have a legal right to ask them, I have a legal obligation to ask them as the gatekeeper of justice. However, as your district attorney, those poor cases, poorly investigated, the ones that don't meet the criteria, they're not going to make it to the judges. The judges only have an obligation and a right to rule on the cases that show up in front of them. Not the the judges don't file charges. Judges don't... um, bill cases judges can't even dismiss cases unless it's a judge trial and you say I, I find them not guilty judges don't have that authority but they have a lot of authority when you get there so the people who already got to court and either pled guilty or was found guilty by trial if they went in front of judge landry they had the fairest trial they could have now about the evidence the fairest evidence was presented this judge paid attention. I made sure that the, the, no one was abusing the judicial system or abusing um, uh, the laws as to how you uh, are able to or allowed to accept your laws. Nobody was just using, discre- discriminating against getting rid of people because they were black, because they were women, because they were this. No, no, no. I made sure everybody um, adhered to the law. With the recusals, they complained about that they knew from the very beginning what it was they complained about me requiring them to do their jobs one of the complaints is i talk loud well if you know me i talk loud (laughs) another complaint is i spoke with authority and i would not
6: let them talk to me any kind of way well and, Uh, and there was another complaint uh and i remember it so vividly when when she was crying on the stand she said and and she she intimidated me. And I'm like saying, darn, what is it? But they is- gave her the city prosecutor's
8: job. That's the yeah, that's that- the same girl. But here's the okay, tip. I see what you're saying.
7: Notwithstanding right. any of how they handled their business, if you have sat in that courtroom, you know mm. that particular person was not intimidated. She was just kept in her lane. Now, they want to make a lot of deals about my demeanor. Let me tell y'all something, and I told our people this in my mm-hmm. community. Every time I go back, don't come to the courthouse to play. That is not a place to play. No. These people are serious about taking your life and your mm-hmm. rights. And you should be serious because you're charged with something. Mm-hmm. Don't come at me left, and I won't let anybody do it. Because if I let you do it, it starts the trend. Yes. Another one of their complaints is. She asked questions nobody asks. Well, shame on them, (laughs) because what they can't say is that I wasn't asking. I was asking questions that I wasn't entitled to ask. She works too long. But when I, the DA's office is the one who decides what's on the dock. And if you bring me 200 cases in a day, we're going to do 200 cases. (laughs) Because those cases are people. Yes. And if you set the docket and you say we want to hear them today, we're going to hear them. And I don't ask anybody to do anything I don't do. When court was in session, I was there. If you know I didn't start late, I didn't take long lunch breaks, and I didn't take many breaks, we worked.
6: worked, And people want
7: to leave court, we worked. Uh The people who wanted to do right didn't have any problem with Judge Landon. Lawyers who presented their cases the best they could didn't have any problem with Judge Landon. I tell people this. If the law and the facts are on your case, prepare your case and go to bed. Present it and go to bed. If the law and the facts not on your case, still prepare your case, present it and go to bed. Because Judge Lambie gonna know what the law is, and she's uh-huh. gonna rule according to the law, and not who's standing in front. of you. Okay, Judge. So La- that's the recusal. They withdrew all those things. They dismissed them yes. because they um that was the it wasn't a plea bargain.
6: Okay, it was uh,
7: a- I allowed that to happen and not let the defense attorneys who uh, were ready to put on their case they didn't represent me they represented those defendants whose cases were being upheld and who they was taking away a fair judge from they were ready to go forward and that's why the DA's office came at that time to say can we stop this I allowed it Mr. Kevin because our community did not need the further confusion everybody there saw what happened and we didn't need to get lost on what they were doing. Yes. Uh, lost details because we knew they were lying. We yeah. needed to galvanize and see it for what it was so we could go forward and we could be ready for a time such as this. Okay. So the, that was a good question, and thank you.
6: Uh-huh. Okay, the lines are full. Uh, one question is that uh, th- th- they wanted to know when is the town, when is the, uh, the town hall meeting that you're going to have. The other caller... Uh, He's on right now. And I know you and I I know you have to uh, leave. But
7: can you answer these last questions? I will answer the last two. The town hall meetings after election will be announced after the election. But we will be having a town hall meeting on October um, the 2nd. Uh, So look to the Facebook page and our website. Uh, We'll have a virtual town hall meeting. Uh, before the election, and we're thinking it's in October. So check our Facebook page, like it, so that you can get the notice when it pops up. Okay, caller. That's
5: call. our virtual. Yeah. Okay. Good call. morning, Sister Khadija, and good morning, Mr. Kevin, and good uh, morning to uh, Judge D.A. Landry. Okay. So, now, she's giving yeah. everybody the platform that she's going to run on. I know she's going to run on a good platform. I know she's going to be a good DA because she knows the is that the DA office is going now to the people of New Iberia. So I know she's going to be the judge for the people by the people and not for the judge of the people that don't uh, make no sense. You know, uh, Judge uh, D.A. Landry, I know your family – All your family been into law enforcement. They've been fair with me as a citizen of Lafayette. When I go to New Iberia, they have always treated me properly. So I know you're going to be fair and equitable in your endeavors. I wish you all the luck. Anything we could do here to help you get in office but the best thing that new iberia could do is make sure that they are registered to vote and go in there and put a person that's going to be fair for the people thank you thank you so much uh, for the city of new iberia
7: thank you caller and you bring up some good points and i certainly appreciate you let me miss um if you don't mind let me end with this basic general information And I'll come back again if time permits. Yes. The basic general information is the DA is elected by everybody in Iberia, St. Martin, and St. Mary Parishes. Everybody can vote for the DA. The minority districts happen with the judgeship, Division G, um, that Judge Segu is now sitting in, and he was unopposed this year, thanks be to God. And there's an election to replace me. That's Division H. If you voted for me as a judge or if you voted for Judge you or Judge Porter, you could vote in that election. The people that are running are Ty Porter Green, um, Mr. Hamilton is running, and Ms. Alicia Butler. Mm-hmm. Don't go to sleep on that race oh, no. because oh, no. everybody um, is not on the same team. And listen, I'm about fairness. And listen, they have white people that are supporting us, they have Native American people that are supporting us, they have Hispanic people that are supporting us. Y'all need to know, when they go low, I'm going to go high. I'm not going anywhere. They can't scare me away. They can't talk me away. They can't muddy me up away. But what you need to remind your friends and family of, those people that you work with, don't let people make you afraid of somebody you know. Judge Landry is a neighbor. She has lived her public life for the last 18 years in front of black, white, old, young, Hispanic, Asian, Native Americans. Don't let that old uh, uh, Southern solution of making you afraid of it um, stop you from making the changes that will best protect our community and the future of our community. We want our children to come back here and live and raise their children. But we got to have industry. We have to have a, um, a ready workforce. We have to have safety in our streets. Judge Landry is going to do everything she can when elected DA to make sure that the DA's office is doing everything they can do with all of the systems that they have import in to bring that about in St. Mary Parish, Iberia Parish, and St. Martin. Everybody votes for DA. So y'all be mindful. Talk. You. Talk to your family and friends. Talk to the people you work for and work with. Talk. This is not a black thing. Yes. This is a justice thing. Ye- but it's not unusual that our black people in our churches are leading the way. We should be. Not to the exclusion of anybody else, but we should be leading the way. I belong to this community, but I belong to the smaller community that is the African American community in New Iberia, and I'm proud of it. But I also belong to the larger community that is Iberia, St. Martin, and St. Mary parishes. So thank you, Ms. Khadijah, for having me on. Yes,
6: I appreciate your patience. Judge Landry, can you give us your number and where can.
10: Number on the ballot.
7: On the ballot. Okay, the number on the ballot. I'm number 79. Oh, thank you so much. I'm number 79. Go to our webpage. It's Lori Landry, the number 4DA.com. Lori Landry, the number 4DA.com. Or go to follow us on Facebook where you get all that information, phone numbers, at Lori Landry, the number 4DA. Uh, I heard, um, so 4 d Lori landry the number four, D-A, follow us on Facebook. Make sure that you're on our official page. And if you like us, you'll get all of these updates as to where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. Okay, thank
6: you so much. We know you have to go. We have another caller, but, hey, um, we we know you have to go. Uh, Caller, (laughs) you have a question or comment? Yes, I
1: have a comment. Good morning, everybody. Uh, George Landry, this is what I experienced in the 16th. Some years ago, I had a relative in trouble, and I went to see about him, went to court, had a public defender, and instead of the public defender helping me to do what I need to do, he misguided me and actually laughed when we got in front of the judge and coerced me into saying the wrong thing. So I knew uh, it's really corruption.
7: Mm, mm. Okay. I'm sorry that that happened to you. That shouldn't happen to anyone. Um, you guys should know that Louisiana is one of the only states that funds its criminal justice system on the backs of the people that are, that use the system, on the backs of the poor people that are, are convicted. And we don't have, we don't, the legislator has not uh, funded the public defender's office. And so we have some young folks that come out there like um, Ms. Cannon that y'all saw doing these recusals. That young lady came here as a one-year project um, to help and serve, and she served with all that she had. We have a lot of young uh, people that come here and give all they have, but they have very little help. But you have a public defender, her name is Miss Maggie LeBlanc. If you have complaints with lawyers in the public defender's office, you should go talk to her. You should require them uh, to do what it is they're ordered to do, well, that they're charged to do, but also give her, as the, uh, the head of the system, an opportunity to know what the problems are in the courtroom. If we don't complain, then people don't have an opportunity to correct the situation. It's not wise to sit back and say they know. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. But we have to go on record complaining decently and in order. And I am sorry, sir, for that happening to you. It should not happen. And I will do my very best that nobody leaves um, the courthouse with the Lori Landry-led DA's office thinking that they were railroaded. They could disagree with our posture, but thinking that they were railroaded, much, yes, much less evidence of collusion from our office with anybody else that um, is not worthy of the respect. Um, that's bestowed upon law enforcement agents and uh, those of us who are in public office. So thank you so much for being brave enough to share your story. I know it's not the only one like that, but we can make a change if we do it together. So thank you, Miss
6: Khadijah. Yes, you don't uh, have to go because the lines are full and you, uh, Brother Jay, we want we to thank
7: We will say, I tell you what, I am number 79 on your ballot. Seventy-nine. Listen, y'all, don't worry about them signs. Keep 79 on your mind. And the vision of a better day, the vision of a safer community, the vision of equality and justice in your heart. But if you just have to look at signs every time you see number 78, Say, we're going to be fine with number 79. Okay. <laughs> yes, I <indeed. laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. And thanks for uh-huh. your patience for getting us on. I appreciate All it. All
6: right. Thank you so much. And wow. we'll have you back on again. Uh, Brother Jay, we have a caller right now. And then uh, Mr. <laughs> Mister Kevin. Caller, the, the judge is off. But you No, they wanted the judge.
8: All right, and look, Miss Landry, the guy did say you helped his case out. He said you helped him over the defense lawyer that he had. Uh, and look, guys, for all those who called in and said they want to help, you don't have to be from that parish. You can't vote in our parish, but you can come out and help. Go pick up people to vote. Make sure they know where their voting poll at. All that we—this is how black folks get together. White folks, y'all with us. This is how we get together is by helping each parish get the corruption out, and that's the only way we do it. If all of us get together, don't don't just rely on just your town or your 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 city. Everybody come out and help each other to get these crooked politicians who always criminalize us, and they're all the true criminals. This is what we've been talking about all our lives and seeing injustice. Guys from St. Mary, Iberia, and St. Martin, look in your neighborhoods. This DA system has incarcerated and took so many parents out of kids' life. This is why these children are out in the streets shooting each one another, because this DA system, with that reason of a doubt, incarcerated their family for simple things. So wake up, guys. This is how we take control. We have the power now. Do what you have to do. And please, early vote. You have no, no interruption. Early vote. Go to the courthouse. All right.
6: Thank you so much. And and then not only that, but uh, you don't need a a designated uh, group to pick you up to go vote. I mean, I've been bringing people from my neighborhood to go vote, uh, register to vote. I uh, I had one young lady. She knew she was registered to vote, and when we done the paperwork, they say, "Well, no, you can't vote because they have you down as uh, a convicted felon." And she say, "No, I thought that was taken care of." Well, her lawyer got disbarred. The other, uh, and when she thought it was taken care of, it actually wasn't. But we had enough time. So do like what Judge Landry said. Five people. We are responsible for five people to get them to the poll, make sure they have what they need to have with identification. And if they don't have any identification, they could still vote. All they need to know is their mother's maiden name. Their mother's maiden name.
8: House, early vote. Oh yeah, early, early vote. The courthouse don't ask you all that. All right. that is for your ID. Get there early, guys. That way you know you push that level because come November first, you're gonna see the corruption start because uh-huh. people are up right now with all this police shooting and all this other stuff that's going on in our system. This is led by the DAs in every parish.
6: Mister mm-hmm. Kevin, when is uh, your when it, when your it, next it, show? Oh. Uh, dealing uh, defending.
8: Uh, my next show is next Wednesday, and uh, it's about reason of doubt. Uh,
6: reason of doubt? Not reason re- of doubt. Okay, not reasonable doubt. <laughs> no, no,
8: reason of a doubt, because that's, okay. that's what incriminates this country and the people. Okay.
10: And I, I want to say, as Sister Kadija, uh, I, I didn't get in on the conversation, but I want to say uh, as far as uh, Judge, uh, Honorable Judge Landry, uh, as a campaign, as a candidate, She's been running a good race as far as her, her campaign sign. Well, one of her campaign signs were vandalized.
6: It uh, was? It
10: was vandalized. And, uh, where, where at? Where's the location? Uh, I, I, I don't have it, but I'm going to be posting it up on the open line Facebook page. Uh, uh, the issue is uh, when they have to stoop di- stoop that low to vandalize uh, a person running for office. That's right. Uh, that was a... Uh, uh, the larger signs, and that's kind of expensive to, to replace.
8: Well, as long uh, as it was the sign and not her, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, they, they're getting well, worried. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. When you see uh, people like that doing things like that, they know something's about yeah. to change. Yes.
6: And and they, they definitely got to thank God for God or, you know, however we look at it. Because I... When you ride around, you see all these million dollar homes, two million dollar homes with these huge signs both front and back. And you like saying, even though y'all have these huge signs in that in this yard, in these yards, y'all only have maybe one or two people that's voting there. Mm. We got to remember if we in our little shoebox homes or, or our uh, other small homes and everything. We may have two or three or four or five people living there. Everybody in the home has got to vote. Everybody. Nobody comes to my house unless they are registered voters and they do exercise their
8: right to vote. Everybody. And never, never let nobody edit you. And and once again, guys, with these political guys come and put signs in your yard, but they're not the ones that running. Okay. You got the right to refuse their signs in your yard if you don't talk to them. They're sending out other blacks or people that know you, so say put a sign. If they can't take time to come out and put a sign in your yard and talk to you and let you know what they're representing, do not give them your vote. Look, Bo Dewey haven't came in our section because he know what he has done to our section, and that's mm-hmm. in every black parish, from Saint Mary to Saint Martin. This is why they are passing the torch on from Bernie then to Phil. And Phil then found Bo. And Bo well, is going to retire in another six months if he get in because Rob Vine is the next guy to be in line, but nobody well, likes him. Well, Mr.
10: Kevin, in all fairness, because of what we do at this radio show, we go going to have an open invitation for Mr. Bo Dewey, yeah. for Mr. Dewey to come, and I would like you to join the sure. the roundtable. we he's not going to come. Well, we we sent out invitations, we sent out emails to a lot of. Okay. You know, we had a lot of candidates on this show in the past, and we want to be fair uh, and transparent on this radio station. We appreciate KIEE 88.3 FM and 94.9 KOCZ for always letting us have this avenue to express the community concern.
6: All right. Uh, Thank you so very much. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Kevin. Thank Thank you so much. Judge, uh, Honorable Judge Laurie Landry, future uh, District Attorney in Iberia Parish. Uh, Thank you, Brother Jay. And we're going to go to commercial Mm -hmm. and then come right back with our outstanding, our other guests.
10: Okay. Thank you.
0: The Open Line Radio Show. You can call us at 337-534-0036. That's 337-534-0036. For talk and information on Louisiana Superstation, KIEE 88.3 FM. African Americans here and across the country are contracting
7: coronavirus at higher rates than others. People of color and those with underlying health conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, and asthma are being hit hard. Please protect yourself and your family. Wash your hands often. Clean and disinfect frequently touched items. Wear a cloth face covering in public places like the grocery store where it's hard to social distance. More importantly, stay at home as much as possible. Your safety and the safety of our community depends
0: on it. the open line radio show. You can call us at 337-534-0036. That's 337-534-0036. For talk and information on Louisiana Superstation, KIEE 88.3 FM.
2: We'll be right back to the Open Line Radio Show. Please check us out on Facebook. That's the Open Line Radio on Facebook. You can also email us, openlineradio at gmail.com. That's openlineradio at gmail.com. You can send us your concerns, your show ideas, and your PSAs. So please check us out on Facebook, the Open Line Radio on Facebook, and email us openline radio at gmail.com we'll be right back to your program
4: From the Open Line Radio Show. Hi, I'm Sister Khadija,
7: Asana Rashad. In the pandemic that's going through right now in the world with COVID-19... Please, please, wash your hands. Stay 6 to 10 feet apart from each other. Wear a mask. Make sure that your mask covers your nose, your mouth. Wear gloves. Don't be touching your hands on your face and all over. Please be safe and stay in. We need you to survive this horrific disease. Remember, if you have digestive issues, pink eye, loss of smell, or taste, Fatigue, headache, sore throat, and congestion; those are possible COVID nineteen symptoms. See your physician. Thank you, and remain safe and
6: sound. Yes, please pay attention. So, right, right, we're going to go ahead with uh, Mr. Braylon Harris, U.S. Congress, uh, running in the third congressional district uh, for. November the 3rd, and we have, well, we have Mr. Kevin, he got to make a, a, a closing comment. I'm sorry, I, I didn't get him to make a closing comment. Mr. Kevin? Yes, guys.
8: Look, they got an important, important election coming up from the DA office to the Congress to the president. When you pass around and you see all these cards and flashcards and signs and that, that doesn't win nobody's mind but the one that's is in. Look, guys, I saw uh, Clay Higgins with his Trump sign saying winning. He's winning over his people. And if we don't come together and support Brian, Braylon, Harris, guys, we're we, we going to be in another uproar. And look, technically, we're not really hurting as bad as the white folk, but we got to help them. Because we didn't saw all what they're seeing right now. So get out there, register to vote, go early vote. And that's the key. You won't have no harassment if you go to the courthouse and early vote. This is what they expect for us to be late again. Go early. And don't forget to vote for the candidate that's representing your town, your culture. And that means culture is only one race, and that's human race, not black, white, Latino, and Asian. And Asians, y'all got to come out there. Hispanics, y'all got to come out there. You know, Trump right now is telling y'all he really don't need y'all but to cut his grass. And y'all accepting it. And black folks, don't be fooled again. Ask the questions you need to know. One of
6: the, one of the signs that you're, you're talking about, that big old Hugh sign uh, with Mr. Uh-
8: Clay Higgins and uh, his leader, Trump. Okay. all they right. They forgot Josh Gillery, but he's going to be in the background on the next sign. But guys, look, we got to come together. Because if you saw that plea bargain they gave uh, Trayford. Uh, to, Peller? to see the, 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 the officers' cam. Yes. to protect murderers, so say their they life was at threat, but they killed somebody.
6: Yes, yes that And is this the is truth. where
8: we got to stop letting these people tell us what they going to do for us. We own all these systems. The people. They make money off of us. The people. Their job is not hard at all. They getting paid for this. We're not asking them to come run. they asking us to come run. And then when they get in there, we work for them. Mm -hmm. That don't even make sense, guys. Wake up. Get your rights together. And y'all have a nice weekend.
6: Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Kevin. Now we're going to go ahead, and let's just go ahead right up into the second hour. Mr. Braylon Harris, U.S. Congress for the 3rd Congressional District. November the 3rd, 2020. Uh, Mr. Harris, we're just going to go ahead on uh, with you. Thank you so much uh, for your patience.
11: Absolutely. Grateful to be here with you all. Uh, always good to be on this side of the Mermintaw, as we like to call it, in the uh, District 3. Uh, definitely glad to be here in uh, in Lafayette. I've been here uh, several times over the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks just kind of being a part of the movement and the challenges uh, that are faced by the uh, Pellerin family. And so we've been not only here, but we were in Baton Rouge as well, and so it's good to be a part uh, of this community and get to know each and every one of you uh, as best as we possibly can as we seek to represent you as your U.S. representative in the halls of Congress uh, coming up on November 3rd into the year of 2021. Uh, Listen, we've got some great challenges in the world today, some great things that we've got to face, but the biggest thing is the tone and the tenor uh, of Washington has to change. We have to be able to have conducive conversations and be able to actually get things done. And so I consider myself a progressive candidate uh, that is moderate enough to actually make progress uh, because we know we've got to have those conversations across uh, across the aisles, be able to reach out and make things happen. And so there's a couple things that I believe that are really important uh, as the people's priorities. Number one is going to be the recovery effort. We've got to recover not only from uh, the hurricane that we've just faced over in Lake Charles, but of course the COVID-19 experience that has impacted all of our lives. And then, of course, it gets pretty simple after that. We've got to address the things uh, that we know that we struggle with uh, perpetually. Uh, Those things are what the things that I call the people's priorities. Those things are education. Uh, health care, criminal justice, as well as our economic infrastructure. All of those things are things that we have to begin to address uh, because, as we know, uh, continuously, we're at the bottom of all the good lists here in Louisiana and at the top of all the bad ones. Uh, and so the agenda is set. We know what we got to go get done, and we believe it's important that we show those priorities when we get to Washington. Wow. Uh, you hitting the ground running today uh, in in, this,
10: in- with all you went through, because you know uh, you're a native of Lake Charles, uh, you you just about lost everything in, in Hurricane Laura. Yeah, have to rebuild a house, and, Absolutely. and to keep you going strong in this campaign, in spite of uh, sometimes if we say overwhelming odds against a person. Listen, tell us a little bit about your, yourself and your background. Uh, I, I see uh, on one of your play cards, and I'm going to let you go at that. That you, your wife is right from down the road, Crowley, Louisiana. So I, tell us a little
11: bit about I, yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I was, uh, I, I grew up in a little city called De Quincey, Louisiana, which is about 30 miles north of Lake Charles. Grew up there, finished high school there, uh, left De Quincey and went over to Xavier University in New Orleans. Uh, I happened to be at Xavier when Katrina came through, so that blew me out of New Orleans, came back to McNeese State University, Hit was hit by Rita then, uh, but I decided to finish my university. Uh, university career uh, there at McNeese State University. Finished with a business administration degree from there. Actually went to work for the university for 10 years. I did 7 years as an academic recruiter. Traveling across the state, encouraging young people, uh, inspiring young people and informing their parents on how those avenues are available for them to further their education through our Louisiana higher education system. Uh, And so there's probably not a state highway. I haven't traveled not a school uh, in many of the parishes that I have not visited uh, and so it's been an incredible experience to be a part of that program. Then I went on uh, the last three years at McNeese State University to lead a program called Upward Bound. Uh, It's called part of the Federal Trio Program. Many people know it. You all have a huge Upward Bound (laughs) presence here at UL and the Lafayette area. Yeah, incredible staff, incredible team here. We've worked with them uh, while we were there at McNeese State University, traveled to Washington uh, to encourage D.C. to give us more funding that we might be able to reach those communities that so desperately needed reaching. So I ran that program, wrote the grant, a little over $1.3, $1.5 million grant for that program, worked with that program for three years, went on to be recruited over to the district attorney's office, believe it or not. Uh, The district attorney, Mr. John DeRosier and Calcutta Paris. Got tired of locking up young boys, uh, and said we need to put together a program that can mentor them, that can steer them in the right direction. And so I was chosen to be the director of the Positive Change Initiative, or better known as the Impact Agency, right there in Calcasieu Parish. Did that for, uh, been doing that for the last three to four years, and it's been an extraordinary experience. And so uh, along the line of all of that, I also pastor the Mount Olive Baptist Church in Lake Charles. Been doing that for right at ten years. Really c- incredible experience uh, from that angle. Uh, and of course, uh, beautiful wife from Crowley. Uh, definitely. She's a lady gent. Really excited. Uh, we've been married for a little over 11 years. Four beautiful children. Uh, she works in the education system, early childhood education as well. So just a just a plethora of things that have brought us to this point. But The thing that really inspired us to run again is that uh, as we are inspiring and encouraging young people to go out and be the change that they want to see in the world, uh, then you look out the window and see the world you're sending them into, and you say, man, that ain't fair. (laughs) That's not right. That's not a fair opportunity. And so we believe that, you know, we got tired of just sending them out the door and say, go be the change you want to see in the world. But I believe we had to leave the room ourselves and say, let's let's go do this together. Uh, I believe in our young people, but they've got to have a fair and equal opportunity to really be able to impact the world around them, and I think we've got some work to do to kind of smooth that runway and lay that foundation a little better.
10: Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Harris, uh, you're running in a, what we would call, quote-unquote, a highly conservative district, a Seven, I mean, the third congressional district. Absolutely. And the issue has always been oil and gas, uh, petrochemicals. Uh, even you got some pockets of farming, uh, you know, sugarcane and uh, uh, parish. I'm from, rice, I'm from Iberia rice, Parish yeah. rice and so forth. fish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And Louisiana uh, runs on that conservative mantra, and also in a mix of business. What What do you see that needs to be changed? Because we know the oil and gas industry. I'm being I'm being a progressive. Want to see more div- uh, diversification of. Uh, uh, the way we uh, use uh, fossil fuels. Absolutely, uh, they got a lot of interest in this. It's, it's slowly becoming a wave in this area. Slowly now, not not fast, but you know, it's old old habits are hard to break. So, what do you see for the future of those industries? And in, uh, if you are elected as the next congressman? from the third congressional district?
11: No, uh, exceptional question. Um, being a business major, I understand it. I okay. understand the, the resources that we have and utilizing the natural resources that are readily available for to us, both on land and offshore. Uh, but here's what we do know, that we have to be able uh, to find that middle ground. Uh, between economic growth and environmental accountability and responsibility. We have to be able to find that, which means that we've got to look and we've got to become more innovative. Uh, And so at McNeese State University, we have an innovation, a seed center or innovation center that teaches our young people how to think outside the box, how to take what you have but go to the next level with it. Uh, I think one of the key things that we have to do uh, when we talk about education and we talk about education meeting economics uh, in a Way that is environmentally friendly. We have to begin to instruct our young people in whatever field they're going into exactly how to be innovative and creative in that field. I believe that we've got to you know make sure that corporations are paying their fair tax so that we can allow those opportunities to affordable education, free education to those young people that are coming up. But we have to give those uh, we've got to give the economy a promise that when when you pay the price for this young person to go to school, when they come out, they're going to. Be able to come into your corporation. They're going to be able to see your process, and they're going to be able to innovate your process to put you back at the front of your industry. I believe that's a promise that we can make. I think it's a promise we can fulfill, and I believe it's a promise we can get industry to agree to pay for. Uh, but we know that they are—they are—we uh, we know that they are product-driven. We—we we know that they are. Look, it's got to come out the back end, and it's got to have a quality out the back end. And so we have to improve our education system, K, all the way through our mass and PhDs programs. To ensure that if we want industry uh, corporations to pay a higher price so that we can make this more affordable for our young people we have to get the product out the end which means we have to have a student that is not only informed but a student that can innovate their processes make them more profitable uh, and be an asset to their corporation on the back end and part of those innovations are making sure that we're looking at new ways Uh, we remember George Washington Carver took peanuts and thought of hundreds of ways that they could be utilized well that's an innovation mind, a very creative mind, one that cannot just see what he's looking at, but can think about all the other possibilities. And I think we've got to do those same things when we look at our various uh, e- industries and ec- uh, economies here, particularly those in oil and gas. We have to be more creative. Um, we know that's what we have and we've got a lot of it. But how do we utilize it? How do we maximize it? How do we do it more efficiently and more environmentally friendly? Those are gonna. That is going to take the innovative minds of our young people that are trained in our our schools and universities, uh, to be able to find that next thing. We know we've got LNG is huge now in, in Lake Charles and just south of Lake Charles in the Cameron area, uh, a great innovator. It is more It is more environmentally friendly, uh, but someone had to innovate. Someone had to create that new technology, and I believe we can create students uh, and create individuals that can take it even to the next level and go farther and faster with it. That's what we have to be focused on, not taking industry away from Southwest Louisiana or Arcadiana, but making sure that we, if we're going to lead, if we're going to be the, you know, uh, the energy corridor, I want to be the en- energy corridor, not just of the past, but make sure we're the energy corridor of the future as well. And, and, and
0: yes, yeah, speaking, uh, speaking of
10: environment, uh, it's a big concern, uh, and, and, and I don't want to put you, throw you under the bus on those questions. I would ask that to any other candidate. Uh, Louisiana has some issues with the environment. There's a lot of scientific data out there saying a uh, part of the uh, problem is the oil and gas industry mm. and, and the, d- the dredging of the coastline and uh, the losing of the protections, uh, natural protections of the land if you look at uh, the projections about uh, areas around New Orleans and uh, the sinking. And, uh, and so you yeah. have, you know, everything is a domino falls upon itself. Uh, you got uh, the use of petrochemicals uh, and uh, the environment and the air quality. Uh, basically, you got the climate change, you know, climate warming. So, you got everything falling upon itself, and the science and the data does not lie.
11: No, it is it, driving uh, yes. towards an existential threat, as, yes. they, like, as we yes. like to call it. Yes. Uh, listen, the, 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 the Gulf Coast is going to become the Ghost Coast mm-hmm. uh, if we're not careful. Uh, we have to figure out a way to uh, secure the Gulf Coast. And, and, and for those of us who may feel as if it's not a major deal, Uh, Here's the reality. Those winds came to my house as high as they did because Mm -hmm. they didn't hit any trees and grass and land before they got there. The more trees and grass and land and uh, and, and, and vegetation they hit before they get to my house, the the less the wind impacts my house. My house is destroyed because there's less coastline between the Gulf and my home than there was 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so, again, uh, many people will say, well, that's not important to me. It is uh, because when there's a hurricane – that is coming in all, all, all off the golf it is important to have more land between you and it <laughs> when it first hits yeah. to ensure that that impact is lessened upon our more um, uh, more populated area. So it is a very, very essential thing that we do. Um, it's very, very essential that not only as we recover as individuals and as constituents, that we are also recovering our coastline as well to ensure to lessen that impact as we go forward. But also, we've got to look at things, for example, in, in, in southwest Louisiana, Lake Charles, almost every pole, uh light. You know, electric pole is it was down okay, which means it has taken three is going to take six to eight weeks to get everyone back with power. We need to look at solar panels, we need to look at things along those lines that allow us to not have such an integrated system and more of an independent system so that we have independent issues versus complete blackouts of regions and things along those lines. And so, all of those are things that one are already kind of on the uh, they're on the radar yeah. uh, but those things need to be emphasized and brought forward to the forefront when you talk talking about uh, ground contamination and things along those lines. My grandmother lived in Mossville which was yeah. one of the uh, yeah. cities. My dad grew up there. Uh, so when you talk about those type of things I I, I I was in real estate when I sold my grandmother's house in Mossville and helped her buy one in Lake Charles. I understand the impact yeah. of that type of experience um, and 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 what that has done to what used to be a such a phenomenal African-American community right there uh, outside of between Sulphur and Westlake. Okay, Uh, my other grandmother lives in Westlake and you can throw, a a, a, you know, I can throw a rock from her house to the plant. Uh, And so I do understand that. Uh, I understand how many people die from cancer. I understand those things and those challenges that we have. And we have to make sure that we're more accountable. We do understand those are jobs and that's economy. But we also understand lives must trump dollars every time.
6: And uh, re- really good. I'm, I'm enjoying your platform, and I want to also mention that uh, you, you you've been married to uh, Jasmine Baker right here in uh, Crowley for eleven years, and y- and you have Cindy Gray Zion Israel and Aubrey Joy. That's your children. Those are
11: my four children. Yes. Okay. All right.
6: All right. <laughs> now, what I wa- what I wanted to ask you is that when it uh, come down to the the, the legislators. Uh, one one of the most uh, crucial things in, in our community, uh, besides uh, police brutality, misconduct, and all this other kind of uh, serious stuff, is child support. Um, uh, uh, we're not understanding the child support system. Uh, whereas when uh, you, there there have been men that I know that have taken a blood test some two and three times. And it came back that they wasn't the father, but yet on the fourth guy that took the test, he's now the father. Uh, we are wondering uh, why is it so hard that they, uh, when it comes down to uh, child support, why is it that you've got to pay this, you've got to pay this. And at, at the same time, some of these young men, they don't have jobs, uh, they they can't go to the job because now, because they owe child support, whenever some of the mothers get mad with the father, when they owe child support, uh, their driver's license is taken away from them. So now they're not allowed to drive. They're not allowed to go try to find work. And who do, does that benefit? How do you criminalize the father uh, and, and the mother is fine? Because y'all not in a relationship no more, uh, then he's a criminal. You know, and and, and uh, as a woman myself, I I understand that that game that they're playing. I, I understand why they want to put our youngsters in, uh, in, in, in incarcerated. Uh, you know, I I had my grandson just went to went to uh court was was picked up for l- bad child support uh payment or uh, owed only four thousand dollars of a child that he was taken care of was a, of a child he was taken care of get into Iberia Parish jail and uh there that Saturday and that Tuesday they claim he killed him they he, they claim he killed himself when he was getting out uh that that Wednesday uh, you know that's a lie so how do we try to continue to keep these people out of our out of our business and young ladies, I'm specifically talking to you. You know the ones that try to help the father out, try to help the kids out, and you know the ones that can't help the kids out. But that vindictiveness that's been placed within you, well, we're gonna put the man on him. That's not good. That's not good for humanity as a whole.
11: No, I, I agree. Uh, that that system is broken. Uh, we we do know that, like many of the systems that we we face uh, in our society today, but that one specifically has some major challenges. Uh, one in the fact that, um, of course, you can have individuals who have a hundred thousand dollars worth of back child support. Uh, that's right, okay. So so you've got some people on, on some uh, in some areas on some you know that that have a hundred thousand dollars worth of back child support can run for Congress and win and say we'll settle up if I win. Okay? Okay, Uh, you've got that situation and then you've got a young man like like uh, your son or whoever you yeah, uh, my grandson, your your, your grandson, uh who has two to four thousand dollars now gets picked up, has to go to jail, has this incident to transpire. That system needs to be reworked and it needs to be one of the things that I want to see is I want to see some internal. uh, Here's what we do. We, We go to countries all around the world and we negotiate. Uh, And and we find peace, and we figure things out. Uh, But here at home, we, we, we could use those same individuals that go and negotiate peace between countries to come in and negotiate peace between communities. Uh, come in and negotiate peace between uh, whether it's spousal issues or support issues, whatever the case may be, we've got to begin to emphasize diplomacy and moderation. We've got to be able to have those conversations of what is fair and what is right. i uh, give you an example. It, it, it makes zero sense to put a guy in jail and allow his tally to keep rolling, while he's sitting in jail, it just something about that just doesn't make sense. And then there's a point at which, and you mentioned it earlier, that this guy goes to goes to work, works forty hours a week, uh, earns let's just say a thousand dollars if he if he's lucky. Okay, that week or whatever, yeah, that's that's doing really well. Okay, but he earns a thousand, yeah, for a black man, that's right, earns a thousand dollars a week, but can only take home two hundred. Well, now you've de-incentivized him to be a part, productive part of society. And so by no means am I saying that we should have fathers that are not taking care of their children. Listen, I, I I take care of mine. I've got four, and I know they're not cheap, okay? So I take care of mine. I've taken care of all four of mine and love every one of them, okay? And so and I encourage every young man to do that. I think it's essential. I think it's important. I think it's what we've been called to do. If you make them, take care of them. But in that same light, we have to have those conversations that, when those things go wrong, they should not be debilitating completely to a man's productivity in in society and then be able to set him on a path in which he can support at at the the level in which uh, keeps him productive in society and does not get him involved uh, in a criminal justice system that we know that is more broken uh, than the system uh, of child support.
10: And, and that's a federal law, right? Uh, child support, federal
11: child. Support. Those are those are federal challenges. Yeah, there there are federal yes. level issues and, and to it them
10: It hasn't been uh, retooled over the years. It, it oh, I think is, nineties. So I think yes. it's been yes. quite a while before yes. since yes. it's been retooled, it, it, Yeah, it needs to because it's part of the, the issues with the criminal justice system. Because you, the people you're seen locked up. In that issue, is more people of color. That that is correct. Yeah. that is and, correct. And speaking of that, uh, your position, uh, I noticed, like again, the, sub, uh, the third congressional district is somewhat conservative, mm-hmm. and we know the delegation that's going the bad route from Louisiana, they they vote along those lines. Now we have the issue of, and I would be remiss, and I, I should have brought it up in the first segment to Judge uh, to Judge Landry, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. That should be a litmus test when we talk to our politicians. I know it's, it's something that some people don't want to deal with. We know that your opponent has somewhat come out and demonized Black Lives Matter. And it's not about any particular group. It's about a movement of black folks being c- and people of color being concerned the way the criminal justice system and so, so much as police powers are. Dealing with them.
11: No, a- absolutely. Black lives do matter, and all lives can't matter until black lives do. It's just the reality is the fact, and that's, the, that's, that's it. Um, and and it's, a, it's a statement of emphasis, mm-hmm. not a statement of exclusivity. Uh, We're not saying black lives matter and no one else's matter. We're saying black lives matter too. Uh, Black lives matter as much as any other life. And so I think it's very essential uh, that we become okay with moments of emphasis for any and every culture. Uh, There will be moments in which we have to say Hispanic lives matter if we see them sinking, if we see them failing, if we Mm -hmm. see injustices that are pointing towards them. And we've got to be ready to do that. We've got to be able to say Arab lives matter. If we see them being being uh, unjustly uh, persecuted or whatever the case may be. And so there's nothing wrong with having a moment of emphasis um, because we do know that trials and tribulations are different for each and every uh, person. And we do know there are cycles of, of of hatred seemingly Uh, that they, they pick on and, and prey on the weak. Uh, and so there are moments in which we have to emphasize that this person matters. Uh, there, there's moments in which we know we have some big major things going on in, in the state legislation and then even on the national level. When we talk about gender equality, uh, when we talk about pay equality, when we talk about those things, there's moments in which I need to say as a man, women matter. Okay. <laughs> Women's pay matters. Okay. Uh, and that's not to say mine doesn't matter. That's to say right now I'm all right. We need to focus and make sure that they are on an equal playing field before we can progress before we can progress together. I think it's, I think it's right. I think it's fair. Um, and, and so, and, and it, and it doesn't take away from anyone. No. Uh, what it does is add to those who, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, have had gotten less. Uh, whether it's systemically, whether it's uh, uh, intentionally, whether it's unintentionally. Okay, does it doesn't matter whether it's intentionally unintentionally? We all we, we all have our history would suggest which one it is. Okay, uh, and and not only suggest it would tell us which one it is, but it doesn't really matter. What what matters is that we get it right. And I think that's as African American that's all we're saying is. Let's get it right, uh, and, and that means we, we are at a point in our lives uh, and, and in, in our history where, where we're tired, where we're exhausted, uh, where, where we're not sure what the next effort is going to look like if we don't get it right right now. Uh, and I think it's only fair uh, one of the things you know I, I'm a pretty laid back and calm person and I have a tendency to be laid back for you know a long time and then go from zero to 60 and and I've learned in my life that's not fair you should give a warning shot to people now I'm, I'm tired now I want to let you know I don't know what I'm going to do next and give that warning shot to the individual and I feel like that is what Black Lives Matter is saying is saying that we must emphasize uh, we must emphasize our importance we must emphasize our equality we must emphasize Integrity towards our community, and I think that's uh, right. And I think I think it's essential. Uh, and one of the themes of our campaign is to form a more perfect union. Uh, and to do that, some you, every person in the union has to stand up for themselves, and they have to they have to exp- feel free to express themselves if they feel in some way, shape, form, or fashion they're not being t- uh, handled equitably. And
6: you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the way that you you, you spoke about it because really. Um, Black Lives Matter and uh, it it wasn't uh, we already know that uh, blue lives are always on top but I think it was a a very uh, cowardly act when I'm not exactly sure uh, Brother Jay but when the the uh, sheriff called out LeBron James to donate $100,000 to the uh, finding of the, the, the young man who shot those uh, two who shot those two policemen that was in their car. Now, first of all, uh, that was not right. I mean, you ca- they, he, he came up, he or she came up, and they shot them two police cars. Co- that was a cowardly act. And what we're saying is that that same cowardly act is as much of a, another cowardly act when you see these police officers that. Not one, but two and three and four of them. That's on a man, or a, a woman, and y'all just y'all just uh kill uh beating and killing them. Those are the same type of acts, you know. And I just thought I don't remember who the sheriff was that called out LeBron James.
10: Yeah, the Sher- sheriff of LA County. He ha- he has an issue with the community, or uh, you know, he's a uh, person who's been very uh let's Vocal. say a little. Progress provocative in, in some issues oh, uh, against Black Lives Matter. And he simply is doing that. But it was also said that it was members, and, and I'm gonna let, we will go back to uh, Mr. Harris, mm-hmm. it was members of the Boogaloo Boys, and everybody knows the Boogaloo Boys are an extremist right-wing organization. So maybe he should be calling out the Trump supporters to, to donate that money. So I'm just saying, that's just my opinion. You yeah, know let, I
11: mean. let me say this. One, I, I want to condemn the act from the yes. young men yes. who shot the police. Mm-hmm. We, we that, That's not getting us anywhere. We, we're not able to have the conversations we need to have right. uh, when we're engaged in that type of activity. So that that's number one. <laughs> number two, when it comes to the sheriff, listen, there, there was $100,000 put up to find them to begin with. Right. Uh, and, and so all we're saying is, it, it, what we continually say is, you see that type of effort that you yes. made the moment it happened mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure that you found yes. out who it was and, and, and that intensity that you want to figure that out? Well, then that's the same, the young people say it this way, keep that same energy. Yes. Keep that yes. same energy when yes. one of yours do something wrong or whatever the case may be. Go find some more money to, to figure out how to get us justice. You know. So, again, I, I I don't necessarily condemn it, but all I'm saying is keep that same energy. Yes. When it, keep that same, hashtag keep that same energy when you come over on our side. That means make sure, that look look, how, how long did it take for that video to drop? All, that's all I'm saying is, is keep, keep it didn't take long for the video to drop. It didn't take long for them to find some reward money to find out who did it. Not it didn't take long the, to find out who, who the victim was, and, and all those. It, it didn't take long to go look. I'm raising more money to get some justice yeah. for for these cops. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it didn't take long. And, and as soon as they find them, I guarantee you, it won't take long for the names to come out, the ages to come out, the backgrounds you to come are out, and absolutely everything. All correct. I'm saying is keep that same. It, I'm listen. I'm fine. Go get them boys. I'm, I'm all I'm all fine. Go get them because they were wrong and. They're mm-hmm. not helping the cause, right? Okay. It was more the, than
6: one. It was more it, than I
11: believe. It was two. Oh, it was two. I, I think it was, it was two? two. Uh, uh, and I, I think that's what I saw in the video. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, but but go get them. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is now, now we got now we, we 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 see how we do it. Now when they come on the other side, keep that same level a, a momentum. of energy. Yes. On the other side. If it's two cops to do the same thing to two young African American boys, I want the video in 24 hours like we got it. I yes. want I, I want some 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 money out there. I want I want the names. Right. Keep the same energy mm-hmm. on, on both sides. And and if nothing more, my, my, my grandmother used to say this, if nothing more for the reason. To not let your good be evil spoken of. Yes, and, and, and we have to understand when we start talking about. And, and listen, I listen. My my father was a reserve officer. My son wants to be a, a police officer. I, I'm a pastor on patrol. Okay, I ride with them all the time. I understand the challenges of the job. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity. About two months ago, actually, I had the opportunity to do a shoot, don't shoot kind of virtual drill. It is difficult work. I'll give you that. But at the same time, you understand the training is there, uh, uh, the, mm-hmm. the opportunities for prof- professional development are there, uh, and, and we know this bar that we step into when we go there, but we must understand that we do not get the pass from perception just because we're professionals. Yes, we, mm-hmm. we must understand, we must be sensitive to the public perf- perception, even though we're in a professional realm. Okay. And, and, and we know that even in, in in our various jobs, we have to do things that professionally, it makes sense or doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. it, it helps the the public understand and helps the public perception. Okay. And so I think we must be engaged in that. Okay,
6: Carla, you're on. Oh, you have a question or comment? Carla?
9: Yes, I have a comment. You're on. Okay, to the, to the brother that's talking, I want him to to grab on to this and comment on this. Um, Bobby Gidro is a sheriff of St. Landry Parish. I know Bobby. Bobby works his butt off to try to do the right thing. And so far, Bobby seems like doing his thing, and you are in no complaints about Bobby Gidro. And with that said, and Bobby is white. Yes, he is, and I'm black. Yes, I am. Welcome to America. Well, what I want to say about that is, bottom line is, you can be all the professional in your mind, but when you're taking a human life, that's unbiblical. The bottom line is, they have to be trained to know what to do, because it was said recently that a person was breaking in somebody's house, Mm -hmm. and the person who owned the house uh, was probably at the house and grabbed their weapon, and then when the person who was breaking in must have heard them grabbing the weapon or saw them coming out, the person took off running. And according to the sheriffs, sheriffs who all know this, when that person takes off running and his back is to you, you could be all the owner of your house you want. not But the law says you can't shoot that man because that man is not a threat. He's running away from you. Mm-hmm. If he was running towards you, he's a threat when he's running away from you, even though he was trying to break in your house and he never succeeded, you shoot him in his back. The well, law no, will it be against you. Whether you're a police officer, come on, it doesn't matter.
6: Mm, yes. That's,
9: that's, that's I don't understand one other thing. Y'all tell me, what? A, why do they call the people who might Donald Trump? Why do they call some of them extremists? And why do they call the people? Who are protesting for Black Lives Matter, why do they call them agitators? I want to look at Frederick Douglass about agitators. Why do they call them extremists? Why do they call the other ones agitators? And tell everybody to go vote because running our mouth don't help us. We've got to go register. And then we got to go pull the handle. And then you're going to go talk to somebody who you voted in. Until that's done, we can talk all we want. We will never keep the right person in office unless we go register and we go and we got we that
11: we elected. That's what they do. Okay. All right, thank you. A- absolutely. Se- several things there. One in particular, uh, when we talk about, you know, the the idea of, you know, a, a white sheriff and, and a black constituent and them being able to see uh, eye to eye, you know, that, that's about that middle ground. That's about building that more perfect union. And and listen, white, black, otherwise or whatever. When you're right, you're right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. Let's just call it down the middle. Uh, and, and I think that's very important. I think that's very fair. And I think we have to. Con- one of the things that helps us create. Be- create a more perfect union, find the middle ground, operate uh, more efficiently and effectively, even in tough times like this, is all of us have to aim to be as consistent as we possibly can. Uh, and and it, it, beyond whether white, black, or otherwise, which is why I said earlier, keep that same energy, uh, that we we must do that white, black, or otherwise. We must do that on the side of, of the law enforcement. We must do that side on the side of our community. It is important to have integrity, to have consistency in in every. In, in, Everything that we do, and so I think that's very, very important when we talk about you know the officers and 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 he mentioned shooting in the back and things along those lines. One of the things that is 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 proven the only one of the things that I've seen that is proven to lower the level of lethal use lethal lethal force uh, among among officers is higher education. Uh, And and so one of the things we have to do is, I believe personally, uh, not so much as defund the police, but I I, I raise the bar. And you know, we, we have some of the most equipped uh, uh, police departments in the world as far as being able to transfer uh, transfer military equipment over to local police and militarizing our police or whatever the case may be. And that's one thing. But I think we ought to sell some of that military equipment and, and put, a, put it in a fund and make sure all our officers got associates and bachelor's degrees. And what that does is that puts them in a classroom because many times what happens is an officer, black or white, comes from his community and goes straight to the the department without much interaction with the opposite community. But when you go to a, a college setting, you're sitting in a room of diversity. You're, you're, you're drawing clubs and organizations of diversity. You've spent more time in the understanding of, 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 of other people uh, and, and how they operate and how they conduct themselves in order to be able to be a more uh, productive uh, uh, law law enforcement officer. So I think that's very important. And then he, here's the other thing, and, I, and I'm going to say it here because I think it's important. I I've watched personally, uh, and this is something I need some education on and some information on myself that, that I'm currently researching and trying to find. I've watched personally, uh, both in late Charles uh, about two or three months ago in, in the uh, Pellerin case as well, I've watched personally officers hold a dog while they shoot a man. I, I I that 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 challenges me. I, I'm trying to understand, and I understand we we like to consider the you know the the dog an officer of the law. I, I I'm with you, okay. I'm, I get that point, but but to me it should be a part of the progression of use of force to release the dog and see what the dog can do okay before you begin to shoot uh, but i've seen twice on video uh to holding a dog a dog is on the scene but will not be released uh, towards a man that, that that might be seen as 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 a, as, as an uh, you know as an uh uh someone that's produ- uh, oh, disobeying order or aggressive, but won't release the dog, but then end up shooting the individual. Uh, I think we need to have that conversation because here's what, it, here's what it feels like. I could be wrong, but here, again, we all know, we all learned this when we, I hope we all learned this when we were young, that people's perceptions is their reality, uh, and it matters how people view it. This is what it, this is what it feels like when I view it. Is that that person's life? And one of them was African American. One of them was was uh, 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 was was Mexican, or whatever the case may be, uh, uh, Hispanic, or whatever the case may be. So I'm not I'm not saying it just but what it seems like is the life of this dog is more important than the life of that man. Now I'm I'm not a pet person, so I, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong in this situation. But I've got an issue with that. Uh, when we want when we want to secure and create safety for a dog. But we're willing to shoot down a man at the same time. I, I think we must be able to, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, clarify that those steps right there. And, and, and as difficult as it may be, I don't want to see a dog die either. I'm not signing up for that either. But in the moments where, where we're at this level, it must, we, we must put these things in rank and order. We must have a priority system as difficult as it may be. I believe we should have a priority that, that we will sacrifice a dog before we sacrifice a man. That I just That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong on that. Uh, and I do want clarity as far as that is concerned from officers of how that works. But to me, in my mind, and my priorities, say, uh, you know, the man rises to the highest level of priority. Yes, and also, at the same time... I'm
10: sorry.
6: Also, at the same time... Uh, Right there, in, right there in New Iberia, you, you had uh, Mr. Jones, who was uh, brutally killed from Iberia Parish, and through uh, the the court system, uh, his uh, his attorney wind up getting uh, sixty two thousand dollars for him, and they had uh, a a dog that was killed, and that dog on a wind up getting uh, eight seventy five thousand dollars
10: cases against the Iberia Parish Sheriff.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the
10: questions I want to one of the questions I want to ask Mr. Uh, Harris before he leaves, uh, what what do you see is the most pressing issue in the third congressional district that you can deliver if elected as the congressman?
11: Well, well, you know, one of the most pressing issues, number one, and I think this is true across the nation, uh, is the tone and the tenor. Uh, we have to, you know, and this seems kind of philosophical and it seems kind of big, but here's the reality. If we don't teach people how to communicate again, we're going to have major problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to teach people how to communicate again. One of the things that I believe is very, very essential uh, is for our office to be that office that is able to bring down negotiators, bring down diplomats, so that when something like this happens, I said this the other day on the Post, before we bring in uh, 100 federal troops, We can bring in four international negotiators to sit with those families, to sit with those officers, sit with those communities, and be able to create that unity and that community that we need. And so I think that's very, very important. And I believe it is a federal issue because each one of these local issues rises to the federal level and becomes a national story. And so I believe it is important that uh, the federal levels get involved in, in those things. And so I think that's very important. But other than that, I believe it's the idea of innovation. Make sure that we are communicating with industry. Going back to that very, very first question or uh, second question that you asked, being able to make the case to industry and it and the economy that we've got to, re, you know, whether it's raise taxes or whatever the case may be on industries and corporations, but also taking those resources, making sure that we're educating our people at a higher level from K all the way through PhD uh, degrees to make sure that we are. Uh, educating them for innovation, so that when they're finished, they go into the workforce. And and one of the things that we must realize is America is about creation, not duplication. There's other countries in around the world that can duplicate what we create better, quicker, and faster than us. Okay, we we build the car. They make a better one, okay. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, we 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 create the idea of a computer. They they can create them cheaper and faster, okay. So what we have to be focused on at all times as Americans is we have the freedom. Our niche in the market of the world is the freedom to create, which means we've got to teach our people to create and teach our people to innovate. Uh, and I believe we can sell industry on that grab some resources from that and make sure that we're educating our people. Uh, and so I think that's very important, and that's something I want to deliver, uh, a greater education system focused on innovation.
6: Paula, you have a question or a comment? Yes. Uh, uh, Jambo to all as hello in uh, my yes. Kenya, Africa,
1: and Swahili language. Yes. Pastor Wayne Landry, how you doing? Brother Jake, and and
11: Pastor Harris. Good to hear you. Okay. Good morning, good morning.
1: Um, Pastor Harris, you know, your name came across my um, email uh, from Pastor John Mark Stevens out of New Iberia, and your campaign manager was supposed to reach me here in Abbeville, Louisiana, in Vermilion Parish, where I'm assuming that we are to bring your presence here in this area so we can support you hugely. I just want to let you know, sir, that we're behind you 110%. I want you to know that uh, you're headed in the right direction. Because the ones that in, in the seats now, many of them, uh, and excuse the way I said it, like a dog trying to bite their own tail, keep falling and falling and falling in the same situation that they did themselves in the first place. So we're here to support you, sir, and everybody on the radio is here to support you, I'm sure. So I'm, I'm just saying that get my number from Brother Jay, the uh, Khadija, and uh, give me a call, have your campaign
11: manager call me so we can support you. Absolutely, well, man, we definitely appreciate that, and we'll absolutely do it ASAP. We'll make sure we get you uh, connected ASAP, and I look forward to getting down into Abbeville uh, sooner rather than later. Yes, sir. I'm
1: also uh, retired city councilman, pastor of two churches, uh, pastor of the prison here in the Parish. I hold many hats, sir, so uh, I think it
11: would do do you just you um, you'll so you'll, you'll get a call before the end of the day. I promise you. Yes,
6: thank you so much, pastor. All right.
10: Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, cer- certainly there's a lot of interest in in uh, having a young and fresh candidate in the third congressional district. Uh, again, I, I know it's an uphill battle. I, I'm not saying that because I know the conservative mindset in this area, but I think it's not so much just conservatism; it's doing the right thing, the right thing. That's right. And and. How do we contact you? How do we follow you? give us some numbers, give us some websites. Uh,
11: absolutely. And so the best thing to do is go to our website. All the information is there. You can also find me, Braylon Harris on Facebook. Uh, Braylon Harris for U.S. Congress on Facebook as well. And then our website is harris4uscongress.com 4 uscongresscom wwwharris the number 4 us Congress, uh, dot com. And you can find all the information there that you might need. Here's the beautiful part about the website. Uh, not only can you find information about me, but I Moved my information down. Uh, I've made sure that uh, information to register for FEMA is at the top. Uh, information to make sure that you can give the United Way to assist those in Lake Charles is at the top. Yes. Uh, also at the, the very top of our screen is how to uh, register in the vote and completing your census. Those are the first four things that you'll see on our website because here's what the reality is. It's not just about me winning. It's about us winning. Uh, and so it's very important that those four things took priority on our website. So when you first go to Harris, the number four, uscongress.com, you'll see, number one, how to register for FEMA, uh, how to give the United way to assist our, uh, our community over in southwest Louisiana, how to register to vote, and then how uh, to make sure that you've completed your census. Those are our priorities, and then we can talk about the race right here in LA3.
10: Okay, and uh, again, uh, we're we gl- we glad you made it in. We're going to hope to have you back again, because we know we long stretch, somewhat around the corner of November. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. we like to invite you to our uh, public access channel of uh, AOC Community Media. I- in any if you want, it's a television channel that serves the uh, five parish area mm-hmm. in, in this area, this part of Louisiana. We'd like to invite you to one our uh, show that we produce. Also, consider it uh, done. again, uh, people. You heard what he said. Uh, the, I think this, uh the third congressional district does need. A little extra help. People are hurting from COVID-19. That's another issue we got. Next time we come on, we got to tackle. Absolutely. We got issues with the medical uh, industry yeah. in, in Louisiana. You know, uh, uh, everything. Incarceration <laughs> rate. Every, everything. We got a full plate.
11: Yes, we full, got a full plate. plate.
10: Hopefully this young man, Mr. Harris, will uh, do a great job, if elected, if uh, elected congressman from the third congressional district again we want to thank you so much we got to sign off a little early because we got a lot of equipment this time but we hope to invite you back again soon absolutely looking forward to it thank you again for having us yes yes and uh just go to his website again say, say
11: yes harris the number four USCongress.com. harris the number mm-hmm. four u.s congress.com okay
10: great thank you for coming to the show
4: that's all I got is. Hold on. Trouble. The enemy won't come in your
3: life. It's oh, call distraction. And a cause of is God, God is getting ready to change your situation. Oh, oh, God is changing it. your circumstances. Trouble is moving on behalf of the believer. Always. The trouble is yes. always. Oh, yeah. Woke up this morning with a lot of. I looked up in the sky and seen the sunshine. That's when I realized God was telling me everything was gonna be alright. Just gotta have faith in Him and know that He will handle it. So much trouble in the world today, just don't know how to handle it. Feeling so much
4: hurt.